Hey, I'm Dan Abelis. I, uh, I play Chet Pacton in Women of the Movement on ABC, limited series that you can see on ABC and Hulu. And I'm just sitting here with my man, Elias, on the Man Cave Chronicles. Welcome to another episode of the Man Cave Chronicles. Welcome to the party, pal. You're my boy, Blue. Yo, it. A podcast with interviews of amazing guests from the world of pop culture. Oh, yeah. TV. Nice. Movies. Oh, I love the movies. Comedy and more. From deep inside the Man Cave, your host, Elias. Dan, welcome to the cave. Thank you. Exciting Thanks times for, for you. You know, a new project just got released a few weeks ago, about a week ago, actually, right? Uh, ABC's uh, Women of the Movement. Yep. January like 6th was January. the first block. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, before we dive into that a little bit more, you know, one of the first questions I like to ask my guests is, like, how did you get into the industry? What made you uh, fall in love with acting? <laughs> oh, man. What a crazy turn of events in my life. I, you know, I was an athlete. I played music. Uh, my two older siblings were always very performative more than I was. Um, and we all, my sister was always an actress. And in high school, I started doing some plays when my shoulder busted playing, playing baseball and I couldn't really throw. Um, and then, you know, I was doing the plays because my girlfriend was in it. And then my high school sweetheart went to New York a year ahead of me and I wanted to go to New York to be with her. So I decided I would audition to NYU and uh, I got in. And then over time, I realized it was a perfect fit and I was in the exact right place I wanted to be in, um, despite occasionally still being a little hesitant about career choices and whatnot. But in retrospect, it all makes sense because my siblings are both performers. My parents have always been very supportive. And uh, yeah, I always wanted to do a bunch of different things in my life, but I could never decide. So I figured, you know, may as well just pretend. What was it? Did you have a backup plan? What was your backup plan just in case it didn't work out? Uh, I went to NYU. I studied political science also because <clears> I thought, oh, maybe I'll go to law school or, or you know, business yeah. school. I always had a knack for, for business and stuff like that. But it just, uh, I, I never wanted to quit. Mm. I always wanted to keep going. And, and I, I, I just never bowed out completely. Um, and then, you know, things like a great gig come along and totally reinforce your decisions. And then you try to just maintain that. How many, uh, now are you still in New York? Yeah. Yeah. How many years you've been there now? I've been there 19 years. Wow. Do you, do you, do you like it? <laughs> it's a love hate relationship, to be honest. I, I remember coming through the midtown tunnel on my way to move into the dorms, like yeah. August, it was sweltering. And just coming through the tunnel and looking up at all the skyscrapers. And I looked at my mom, she was with me, helping me move in. And I just said, what the fuck am I doing here? Like, <laughs> Cause I grew up, I love being outside. I love, yeah. you know, just, but I love it. I love it, but I also hate it. And to be honest, I'm ready for a little bit of a change. Um, mm. I think I'm going to head West in a little yeah. bit. Yeah. It's warm weather. <laughs> well, well, actually, I was going to tell you, like, is the plan eventually to go towards L.A. and keep grinding yeah. over there or what? Well, yeah, I mean, I've uh, I've been in L.A. a few months at a time here and there. Okay. You know, yeah. um, actually, my girlfriend and I were out there when I booked this job that I'm talking to you about. Um, mm. So we had gotten there. The plan was to stay there for about six months, a year. It was all during covid. So everything was kind of like weird and not a pure experiment. But 
we were there. I was really enjoying it. I love the, I love the weather. I have some great friends out there and <clears throat> I love the lifestyle. I'm originally from California. So it felt like home in, in many ways. And then I booked this gig and I went away for two or three months and I sort of had to remove myself from this like experiment that she and I were doing. So, and then, and then we, you know, came back to New York, she booked a job in Atlanta. So we've been on the East coast and she's been going down there. And, and so we're gearing up to go back out there. That's um, awesome. I love it. I love California. I don't blame you. So yeah, let's yeah. talk about your new project, you know, women of the movement. Uh, how did you get approached for this uh, project? Tell us about this. Well, standard, standard sort of protocol. I got an audition. Of course, I thought, you know, in, it was in the depths of COVID. I was like, I'm never going to, this is impossible. Everything seemed impossible. You know, that there was, there's a catch 22 in this industry, no matter what. And then you got, you got a worldwide pandemic on top of it. You just feel like nothing is ever going to go uh, according to plan. And sadly, when I got the audition, I was up in the Bay area. My brother was up there doing Harry Potter, the play in San Francisco. And I'd gone up there because his wife's mom had died. And so she needed to leave quickly to come back to the East coast to, you know, deal with all that terrible stuff. And so I needed, I went up from LA to San Francisco to help my brother with the kids. And, uh, I got this audition. I was kind of overwhelmed because I was helping them with the kids and just two bros with two little girls. It's like a terrible sitcom that writes itself. And uh, my girlfriend was in LA. She said, well, I'll just come up and help you with the tape. I was like, you know, you don't need to do that. And she insisted. And of course I was very grateful. And then I came home from babysitting one night about midnight. We recorded the tape until one or two in the morning. Never heard anything. Never heard anything. Couple couple weeks go by. I was fed up. I wanted to quit. All that cliche stuff. And then the next morning, I got the call that I booked this job, and I was going to Mississippi for a couple months to shoot it. So, standard, yeah, cliche kind of story. But um, are you a fan of the self tape or live? Two different beasts. I got to be honest. I do like the self tape because you can control the environment and you can sort of work as much or as little as you want. And they're, they're only, there's only, you're only one step removed from your performance. Sometimes with going into a room in New York, especially, and I'm probably in LA, like you, you come out of the subway, a cab almost kills you. You run over here, like you, you walk in and you've had an experience and then you need to pretend just when you meet like a, a, a casting director, you, you want to just put your, your best foot forward. So you kind of need to, that's a performance in and of itself. And then you need to do the, the work. And um, I would always get very nervous going into rooms like that. So it removes a lot of the nerves for me. Um, but also, you know, conversely, you don't get the kind of direction that you might need. So you're taking a stab in the dark and just hoping that that's the one that works. It's, so yes and yes and no and no. I mean, yeah. <laughs> so uh, on, the, on the limited series, you play uh, Chet. How would you describe him and how did you prepare to play such a role? Chet is a Southern gentleman. He is a, uh, just, I, I think, Southern through and through from Mississippi. He's a made-up character. So in the context of this story where all the other characters are based on real people, yeah. And all my castmates had the opportunity to sort of learn and uh, whatever their process was mimic or, or whatever it was. I was just sort of tasked with being uh, a character that 
over the course of the show sort of realizes how deeply rooted some of the problems where he comes from are and how he at a certain point needs to decide his place and you know whether he should just do his job or whether he should help and fight uh beyond beyond the definitions of his job so it didn't it didn't really require me to do a lot of research for my character per se i mean of course i learned a lot about the 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 environment and the history and, and, and Mamie and all these amazing people that fought incredible injustices. Um, but it just required me to sort of tap into what I hope is a strong moral compass that I already have. <laughs> uh, and, and yeah, it was, it was a great opportunity. Cause you know, when I, when I first shared with people that I was doing this, you know, they just assume that since you're a white guy in this show, you're going to be playing a racist. And I was like, no, 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 I'm not. I'm playing a good guy. And some of them heard me and some of them are like, I always knew you'd make a you'd make a great race. <laughs> no, I'm playing a good guy. I'm playing a good guy. Um, so that that was a that was a blessing. It's a very hard thing to do to work so hard on a show for so long being a bad guy. And I got to mm-hmm. hand it to my castmates who did because, uh, you know, it's not a good feeling even just pretending. Now, like, so did I you didn't have to, have to do that. I had to pretend to be a good guy. Yeah. And like, uh, I mean, you mentioned your character was like created. Did you have more input on how you wanted to play him also? Like, did you like go back and forth with the creator and the writers and the directors? Uh, I mean, there are a couple moments where like there's, there, first of all, MJ Sarar who wrote it and was our showrunner. She is very gifted in so many different arenas. I mean, one of which is the specificity has she has for all of her characters in the show, including Chet, who, yeah. you know, is a secondary character for sure, but is integral in the sense that, you know, he passes information that's from the NAACP to the DA, um, you know, all that stuff. But there were moments where there were little turns of phrases where, Mamie is getting out of a car when she arrives in Greenwood and walking to the courthouse and the lines were Mamie, Mamie. And I, you know, I asked MJ, I said, I don't think he would call her by her first name. Everyone else is doing that, but I think he has more respect for her and he would call her by her, you know, more formal last name, things like that. And she would say, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah." That's awesome. So what did you, what did you love about this character? Oh man, he, he just seemed like a really cool (laughs) dude like uh i i loved being able to sort of uh be a character that takes stock and knows how to stand his ground and can find humor in things i mean maybe to a fault but uh you know is is was just kind of cool and charming uh, and then isn't, and then is confronted with things and, you, you know, realizes that maybe his, his ease and his ease of countenance is, is not really working uh, clearly because shit like this still goes on. at that right. yeah. How many episodes did you, I know it's a limited series. Was it six episodes? Did I read? Six Eight? episodes total. Yeah. Okay. as the show. Right. So, yeah. and you were, and you filmed this in Mississippi. How was it like with like the COVID and everything and the protocols while you were oh, down there? Man, it was crazy. It was, first of all, we were all in a bubble. So we were living at this hotel all together. 
we had the COVID protocol. So you're testing, you know, every day you are on set and every other day you're not. Uh, there, we were in a small town. I mean, we, we shot in all the places where this stuff really happens, right? So Greenwood, Mississippi is, is, is a, a relatively small town compared to, you know, LA and New York and all that stuff. Right. But um, there wasn't a whole lot to do. We hung out with each other a lot. We just were despite all like the wearing a mask and rehearsing and where, you know, and that contending with that in the beginning, which was very awkward instinctually when you're trying to act normally and then you have all these safety PPE things on, like it doesn't really, it prohibits you from acting naturally. And then you take it off to shoot. And you're like, Oh, Whoa, uh, here are my limbs. Um, but, but, yeah, man. I mean, we just had an amazing, we were playing cards every night and partying and we playing video. I mean, like just shooting, this, it felt like a college experience. Like we, we were all yeah. basically in a dorm, just yeah. hanging out with each other every night. And that's it. We made the best of it. And we definitely would not have bonded to the, to the point that we did had we just been working normally, like coming in for our episodes and flying back and then flying, you know? Yeah. So we all we all got to know each other very well and became very close. Awesome. So, so now, like, uh, what's next for you now? Like any other uh, projects that you have coming up that you can talk about? Uh, not too much. I can talk. I'm shoot. I'm shooting a film at the uh, the end of the month, which is going to be shot over in Kingston, New York. Um, it's a really contained story, basically three character uh, movie about a. a a young kid who's confronting his like uh, his bully his child sexual child abuser okay. at a bar uh it's not an easy story either so doing that over in kingston soon and then and then i don't know i mean the the industry is gearing back up now that we're out of the holidays and uh there's some stuff brewing but nothing i can say for sure that's awesome uh how can the listeners and the viewers uh, find you on social media uh, I am on Twitter, though I'm not good at it, at Daniel Abelis. And then I'm on Instagram, which I'm also not good at, but better at uh, D-A-R-T-A-B-E-L-E-S. Dart Abelis. Daniel Arthur Abelis is my name. So, Dan, uh, this was great. Uh, thanks for coming on the show. Appreciate you having me. That's a wrap. That's a wrap, everybody. That's a wrap. Thanks for listening to the Man Cave Chronicles podcast. I finally get my man cave. You can find us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at the MCC Podcast. And our website, themccpodcast.com. Until next time. Until next time.